Disclaimer. This podcast will mostly deal with the relationship between men. The sex scenes will be tastefully described. If you as a listener is comfortable with this subject matter, please sit back and enjoy the program. Welcome, listeners, to a night of mystery, suspense, sci-fi, and romance. This is the two-timer series Collective, a collection created by D.B. Watson, writer of the two-timer series, available on Amazon and Kindle Villa. In this program, you will hear a different tale once a week, read by me, A.J. Carter. If you enjoy any of these stories, please leave a like and a comment. If you'd like a story and want to read more, leave a comment and DB might grant your wish. They would love to hear from you. You can email them at fakesubmite at gmail.com or visit their website and see all their titles. Penance Shrieks and cries filled the room while guards hurried ten young victims inside the arena. A maze of thin channels covered the stone floor that pooled towards the center of the room. All the captives were young men between the ages of 16 and 18. All were bound with shackles about their wrists and ankles, and a leather collar hugged their necks as a single chain laced through a hoop connected them all. A raised stage stood before them with a single grand throne in the middle. Each prisoner had a guard standing behind them, holding them in place with a vice grip on their shoulder. The captain of the guard entered the room and stepped onto the stage, facing the captive audience. Silence! he ordered. The captives continued to cry and struggle, causing their guards to grasp the prisoner's hair, yanking their heads back and pressing a dagger's blade to their necks. The crying turned to whimpers as their captain continued to speak. Welcome, our exalted sovereign lord, Ivan Tova. He dropped to one knee and bowed his head while his men removed the daggers from their throats, shoving the prisoners to their knees and forcing their heads down until they hit the floor. A young boy walked out alone in his full royal garments. He was no more than twelve and stood half the height of his lead guard, but he walked with sure conviction and regal. His robe dragged behind him while he stepped into the stage and moved toward the throne. No one moved from their spot nor raised their heads while Ivan walked. When Ivan stopped at his throne, he turned to his guards and bowed subjects with a fixed face. Two servants rushed out onto the stage, one holding a gold pitcher filled with wine, and the other, the cupbearer, carried a small tray with his sovereign's cup and took care to handle the chalice only by its base. Both men dropped to their knees beside Ivan. The one with the pitcher poured the wine as the cupbearer tasted the grape. After a few seconds, the cupbearer held out the drink to his lord's sovereign as both bowed their heads. The lead guard raised and faced his lord's sovereign, not blocking Ivan's view. On your command, lord sovereign. Ivan never took his eyes off the captive men as he snatched his drink from his servant. He stepped toward the condemned boys. Let me see their faces he demanded. Without hesitance, the guards executed his orders. They forced the young men to sit up as their guard held a clump of their hair in a tight grasp. Tears continued to fall as they held in the knotted cries that wanted to burst out. Ivan never wavered from the sorrow before him. Instead, it brought joy to him. He paced back and forward as he held his untasted wine as he spoke. 
This day marks a new beginning. Ivan's voice echoed off the old walls. We begin a new tradition, a new celebration, not just for the collective, but Ambrosia and your families, your people. This war took so much from all of us, and now that it is finally over, we can all begin to heal. All of you are first born to your families that rallied the civil war that led to many deaths. The Collective wanted nothing more than to save you all from your wretched existence. The Collective wanted nothing more than a peaceful resolution to your concerns. All we ever asked for was your cooperation and food. A basic necessity that all living things need. Yet your families refused to conform. We never asked you to assimilate into our ideology. Your custom would have stayed intact. Your home would have stayed whole. Ivan swirled his cup, never spilling any of the expensive grape. Now here we are. This is not the Collective's fault, he said, pointing at the terrified boys. This is your family's closed minds and misconceptions. Now it has come to this. The Collective needs to make an example of you to show your kind that we will not tolerate any betrayal. Punishment must be given to the ones who began this. Yes, your families begged to spare you, and they wanted to take your place, but how is that going to send the right message? The elders must live to train the young. Ivan glared at the boys. His eyes lingered on a few. He sighed heavily before glancing at his captain and nodding his head. The captain of the guard turned to his men and spoke clearly. Number one! They carried out his order swiftly as a guard thrust his blade into the first victim's neck, twisting the blade before yanking it free. The shocked youth never uttered a word while his warm blood sprayed from his wound and raced down his chest. The guard shoved him forward as he went still. The other boys cried out in horror as the captain raised his voice. Number three! Again, the guard performed the gruesome act as the body he held up by his hair trembled before going still. Number four! The blood-curdling cries weakened as another body dropped to the hard, ungive ground that cut into their knees. Number seven! The captain's voice tempered off as he watched the face of the youngest of the group seize up in agony before his face muscles relaxed into a blank stare as he went limp and dropped forward. Ivan watched the floor swallow the blood like a sponge, leaving behind a morbid painting of death. The room fell silent as the captain of the guard studied his men who completed the executions stand at attention. He turned to his sovereign, who had told him earlier which ones would die and which would live, and watched the carnage as if he watched a performance. The glint in Ivan's eyes as his parted lips wanted to taste the air now filled with the scent of blood. Ivan never understood why people were afraid of death. If they lived a just life, they might get the chance to die in bed surrounded by their loved ones. How boring, he thought. His dream was to die in battle and see the eyes of the one who would end him was his greatest wish. But for now, he could only watch the brutality of his victim's last parting. How he wanted to be the one who inflicted the punishment but to get his hands dirty by touching a third-class citizen was beneath him. So he watched. Your grace, asked his captain. Ivan never bothered to look at him. What is it? he asked in contempt. What do you wish of the remaining prisoners? 
Ivan seemed to cheer up. He moved and leaped off the stage, landing on his feet with grace as his robe seemed to float in the air and then dropping to the floor behind him, not spilling a drop of wine. Before his captain could protest his risky move, Ivan had approached the remaining boys who were older than he. He noted the blood that discolored the stone beneath his feet and ignored it. Release their bindings and step away from them, he ordered. No one wavered. The guards freed the remaining boys as ordered, remaining where they stood. Even his captain of the guards stayed frozen. Ivan looked at each of the boys, and a wicked smile spread across his face. You must be wondering why I let you live, he asked, combing the wet cheeks. None responded. It's okay. I need no answer. The reason is that I see something in each of you. Something I want and I believe could achieve. Ivan's eyes locked with an older boy. He moved to him, stopping in arm's reach. You, do you hate me? The boy clenched his back teeth and knew he had to choose his words carefully if he wanted to live. He knew of the bloodlust Ivan had and he knew the sadist would not flinch from having him struck down for fun. Hate, my sovereign, no, I fear you. Ivan studied his eyes, thinking over his response, then held out his cup to him. Drink. The boy eased forward as Ivan held the cup. His lips touched the rim as the fermented grape touched his tongue. Ivan tilted the cup, allowing him to receive a large swallow of his drink. When Ivan pulled the cup away, he watched him savor the liquid as his eyes closed. Ivan received a concealed blade and thrust it upward under the boy's chin close to his neck, slicing his tongue in half and into his nasal canal. He yanked the dagger free, which took no effort due to his intense training since he was small. He stepped back and watched in fascination as the boy fell forward, soaking the ground with his blood. Ivan looked at the remaining captives with utter hatred. How dare he think he has the right to drink from my cup! I am your sovereign, and in no way are you my equals. Bow, unless you want to die. Ivan saw the boys, all older than he, slammed their foreheads to the coarse ground. Who am I? Ivan yelled, throwing the cup to the ground and blending the wine with the still wet blood. Everyone in the room erupted in synchronization. Our Lord Sovereign! Ivan felt a burning heat run through his body, as if he was high. He'd craved it. He'd kill for it. No one would cross him. No one could. He was an unstoppable force. The remaining ones will be my forever servants and pets, he said, his high dissipating. Remove them, ordered the captain. The guards gathered the remaining boys and heard them out. Ivan remained with his captain and two servants. Captain, Ivan said, dropping his robe to the bloody ground and mounting the stage on his own, taking his throne. Yes, my lord sovereign. Burn the bodies here. I want to watch. Yes, lord sovereign. Ivan glanced at the bowing servants. Give me that pitcher. The servant scurried on his knees and raised the pitcher to his master. Ivan snatched it up and took a long swallow. Then he sat back, watching the bodies burn. Thank you for listening.
This is a short story by D.B. Watson and read by me, A.J. Carter. Adam Potter and A.J. Chance are characters from the Two-Timer series. It's related to a scene in the first book called The Harlequin. You can find the Thriller series at her website, twotimers.squarespace.com, on audio at audible.com, KDP, Kindle Villa, and paperback at amazon.com, under D.B. Watson slash Two-Timer series. If you would like to hire me, A.J. Carter, to narrate your project, you can find me at aj.cartervo at gmail.com. Thank you, and see you next week.